Okay, campers, rise and shine. Don't forget your booties. It's cold out there. But hey, it's cold every day. What is this, Mar-a-Lago? Speaking of Mar-a-Lago, Mike Pence took some pages out of his ex-boss's playbook and they were all classified. Lawyers for Pence discovered classified documents at his home. I cannot do this shit again and again. I'm, I, you, you know what? This is super awkward for me because this is the first time that I've gone through this and I've woken up next to you. Like in this fiction, and <laughs> in this fiction, obviously we are uh, sharing the same bed covers. Yeah, fiction. We'll go. Ahead. Yeah, let's, we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> Only we're, like it, the, it, we're like the grandparents in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words. Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do. But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the internet's bullshit. And I'm Matt Saint saying here to remind you that not only am I still alive, but <laughs> I <laughs> I feel like a Beatles fangirling in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> what was the one Beatle that like he like left like early on and was replaced by was it Ringo? Ringo was not an original member of the Beatles. I'm that guy. Whatever the you know. Sure. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was or maybe George Harrison. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't fucking matter. If only there were more Beatle documentaries. <laughs> no, I think I think you're the you're the Lennon to my McCartney, man. I'm the Lennon to your Stalin, more likely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if one of us is going to be gunned down by an obsessed fan in the street, it's going to be you. All right. Yeah, that sounds right. Honestly, I hope. Yeah. Like, w- what a way to go. Right? <laughs> Honestly, at, at, at this point, um, I think we've beaten the hell out of the uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Mike Pence document caches. Uh, so unless you have something earth shattering to uh, to add to the pile, I think we can probably forego that topic. In this third episode in a row, it is the the story that keeps on giving, I would say. Um, I just think, you know, <laughs> you and I have had we were responsible for uh, handling classified uh, equipment, documents, hard drives, all that shit in between. Yeah. And if we were found with a shred of that in our garage or closet. Uh, it would be a huge fucking deal. We would we would go to jail. We would lose. I mean, what else? Celebrity winner, the the woman who like faxed. Yeah, uh, you know. I mean, she's Real, kind of, it's reality winner. Reality winner. What, what did I say? Celebrity. Reality. <laughs> yeah, she's a celebrity now. Yeah, yeah. Not by not by choice. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, no. I think it's um. I just think it shows you know senior government officials just don't think the rules apply to them, and that's all I'll say about it. Okay, that's fair. And, you know, when you entrust somebody with really important information or documents or equipment, you expect it to be taken care of and handled in a professional manner. Well, um, I recently had my property not handled with any care by the airlines. Oh and I've, we've kind of talked about this off pod 
Yeah. Is is there any blame to be shed on the Transportation Security Administration? I mean, I think is this a government Pete issue Buttigieg. or is this also happening in the private? It's, it's Pete <laughs> Buttigieg's fault. He's too busy with his two sons, <laughs> two, two children. Being, taking the time off. No, look, um, it has, I don't think it has anything to do with TSA. This is 100% Delta's fuck up. And then the fuck up of a company that they contracted with called Roadie, which way to name your company off drunk driving, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I can't hold this story any, in anymore, Ryan. I got to tell it to you. Yeah, I've, I've been pushing this off for, what, a week and a half now? Matt's been burning to tell me this tale. It is fermented deep inside of me, and I'm ready to let it loose right now. Yeah, so um, Elise and I recently <laughs> went to Arizona for a vacation, had a lovely time in Tucson. Um, it was great. Uh, but we had a v- extremely tight connection in Atlanta, like 28 minutes uh, in the world's most busiest airport. Okay. Yeah, we made the, we made the connection. Uh, but my bag didn't make it, so I landed in Tucson. I'm at baggage claim. I don't see it. All of a sudden, intercom comes. They're like, passenger, Matt Sansing, please come to the baggage desk. And I'm like, well, that's not good news. This, so, this can't be good. So which Biden administration official did they ultimately determine stole your bag? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, honestly, I mean, Pete Buttigieg. I think he's, he's the one. He's, he's, the, he's the one guy that we should. I think but I blame Elaine Chow. I'll be, you know, or, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell's wife was, a, was Trump's uh, secretary of transportation. But um yeah, so Who Donald Trump lovingly refers to as something racist. What's the racial slur he uses for a lynch? It's nothing. It's something. It's something like country club old school racist. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just like making vaguely Chinese sounds, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, have no doubt that anyway. Yeah. OK, so they call your name and I go to Delta and I talk to Debbie. Debbie's my mom's name who used to work for an airline. So right off the bat, I feel comfortable. And um, she's like, hey, sorry. So uh, Debbie at Delta or uh, Double D's, as, as I came to know her as. And this is in Atlanta by way of Dallas or where were you? Arizona by way of Dallas. I'm, I'm in Tucson. Is normally Debbie does Dallas. I'm in Tucson, but no, Tucson by way of Atlanta, D.C. to okay. Atlanta to Tucson. And um, she's like, hey, your, ba- your bag didn't make it. Sorry for the apologies. It'll be here in a few hours. Would you like to come pick it up or we can send a service called Rody that we will deliver it to whatever address you want in town. And I was like, yeah, fuck coming back to the airport. I just give them the address of the Airbnb. So there's that. So we go to the Airbnb, get checked in. Uh, the place is a, almost like a small apartment detached from the uh, house we're staying at. And the hosts are there. So they come out, they okay. meet us. They come out, they meet us. They're like, you know, uh, f- late 40s, early 50s. I think they're swingers um, was was my thing. They invited us nice. over. For, they invited us over for some wine. And within like 10 seconds, I'm smoking pot in their kitchen with them. Right. And uh, they're like, hey, do you want to come nice. out? They're like, hey, do you want to come out? And they're feeding us like beer and, and wine and shit. And they're like, hey, do you want to come out and uh, uh, have a fire with us? We have like some other some other neighbors. And I was like, yeah, sure. So wow. we go. So we go do that. And I, mean, I just get fucked up. I'm smoking. I'm drinking first night of vacation. Right. And I notice I'm supposed to get a notification from Roadie that never comes. And I see the tracking it on my phone. I'm doing the phone motion of my hand here in case. He, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But now, uh, for, for any of you at home in the prison of an audio medium, Matt <laughs> is gesticulating in a way that helps me to understand exactly what he's talking about. And if that leaves you a little bit in the dark, don't worry, I will. I'll provide any additional narration that we require. Yeah, Matt, Matt's talking about a For cell example, phone. Matt's yeah. looking, 
That was my microphone. That was my microphone um, like thing. Anyway, so <laughs> Matt made blow Matt, Matt made blowjob hands at his mouth to indicate that he's talking into a microphone. <laughs> yeah, I've got to get your bag back some way, right? <laughs> <laughs> So um, I have an, a link to track the delivery and the f- vehicle has not moved. I get no updates. This is like at night. My bag should have been delivered like five hours ago. But if again, this is a real if this is a real roadie delivering your package and the vehicle hasn't moved for hours, it's because he is on drugs. Yeah, um, you're going to regret saying that in about five minutes. Um, but oh, <laughs> so, no. yeah, so um, yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, my bag's not here. They're like over in the other side of the, the other side of the city is what I'm looking at on the map. And I'm like, well, we're fucked up. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go to sleep if the bag doesn't get delivered by the night. I'm going to wake up and just like, you know, see what's up. So, of course, I wake up. And the bag isn't here, of course. And so I call Rhodey and this is where it gets weird. I cannot get a human on the phone. You know, um, oh, no. five minutes turns into 14, turns into 45 of me being on hold. Finally, I just say, all right, I give a, I give a callback number. So like an hour and a half later, I get a phone call from customer service and I tell them the situation. My bag's not here. I don't have an update. I don't know where they are. They proceed to tell me that the driver turned the phone off and we have no way of contacting them and we have to wait until the driver contacts us. <laughs> like, is this standard practice for them to lose track of their drivers? Like, or, no like, fucking shit. Yeah. I was so like, I, yeah. <laughs> we just have to wait for him to turn the phone back on and contact us. It's not a big deal. Yeah, you're you're relying on the charity of someone who's getting paid 10 bucks for this. Meanwhile, I think this person's rolling around. They might be in Mexico by this time wearing my sick ass Hawaiian shirts, right? That I should <laughs> that I should be wearing this vacation, right? All my clothes, right? All that shit, you know. I'm wearing. So do anyway, think, do you think maybe? Do you think maybe your roadie driver was in cahoots with the swingers to keep you naked the entire trip, or or to keep me in the same underwear, just basking, marinating, you know, ready for? They're like, hey, do you want to borrow one of our luxurious robes? Here, have another glass of wine. Yeah, Uh, we've got a kimono just in your size. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did we mention our hot, hot, hot tub? Oh yeah, Um, like welcome to the desert. Yeah, right. Um, So it's the desert. We only wear speedos. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually kind of cold. It was actually kind of cold there because it's in higher elevation than Phoenix. But anyway, we had a great. Anyway, it was weather was great. At this point, I'm like, okay, I'm like. I don't I have no way of getting in contact with the driver. They will not give me their information. They are saying we are powerless. Uh, And I said, "Okay, well, what if the driver never contacts you and they just stole my bag? And they said, well, at that point, you would need to go back to Delta for a claim. And I'm like, "Okay, the finger pointing is about to begin. So I do what any sane uh, American would do. And as I, I go you, to a, you scream at the customer service representative immediately in front well, of you. No, I, because <laughs> I, I, t- I told her I was like, look, I know you're doing a job here, but like I, if you can pass this along, that this is a piss poor system and like it's leaving it's leaving me without like we I have no idea where this is. Right. So anyway, I go to a police station and I'm like, I'm going to make a police report. I uh, that's that's, um, you know, I. At this point, it's about 24 hours and uh, I do not know where this is. And um, so I go to the cop station. I wait in the cop station for half a fucking hour. And like, how's their their customer service? Oh, yeah. It just about as well as you would expect. (laughs) 
So I go there and I don't, the, the cop never, no one ever talks out. I, this lady's on the phone for little, literally the entire time we're there. And at this point, I'm like, fuck it. We, we walk out. I'm going back to the airport. So go to the airport. Thank God Debbie's still there. And she's like, hey. And I was like, hey, um, my bag never showed up. And she's like, oh, no. So she's on, she's on the, she's talking to roadie. They have like special numbers that I don't have because they're actually roadies customer. Not me. We'll get into yeah. that in a second. Right. So that, that's a first, oh, I, 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 you know, I, I get that because I, I work in a, like in my job, the people that I talk to on a day-to-day basis, the people whose business I manage are not my actual customer. Yeah. And that fucking sucks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, so you're Delta in this situation. Yeah. And yeah. Well, in this situation, I'm roadie. I oh, think. well, you will, we'll, we'll forgive you for that. So, <laughs> so, Already it's weird, but it's about to get a lot weirder. So she's on, she is on the phone and on the computer. I go away for a second. I can't remember why. Maybe I went to go get some food or whatever. I come back and she's like, Hey, your driver had a seizure while delivering the bag. Oh no. And at this point, my heart sinks. Everything in the bag is replaceable, including those sick ass Hawaiian shirts. I'm like, first of all, I'm like, is she okay? And they're like, we don't know. And I was like, how did you get this information? And like, Rody talked to the husband of the driver. And so I'm like, okay. And they're like, we're in contact with the husband who says he has it and he will come deliver it to the address. And I was at the airport and I was like, honestly, can we just like say deliver it to the airport? Cause I'm here. I kind of don't trust and- Rody. Also, yeah. he's some guy. He hasn't been vetted by Rody, right? He uh like like he's just he's just like some guy whose wife is like maybe dying or something like that, right? Some medical emergency. Like it's How weird. About Delta sends somebody to go get it from him. Well, no, they don't know where the fuck it is. They do not they do not know where we don't at this point, we do not know where the guy is. And he says, okay, okay he says, I'll be there in eight minutes. That turns oh, into okay. 30. That turns into 40. Okay, this is this this is all checking out. This is with this is in keeping with the overall theme of this story, which yes. is and turns into two <laughs> and turns into two hours. Delta's talking to Rody. I'm like out of this chain of communication. Debbie's passing everything to me. I'm like, okay, this is weird. I was like, where is he right now? I'll just I have a rental car. I'm like, I'll just go and get it from him. Like I like anywhere in town. It's he said he'd be here in eight minutes. Now it's been two hours. Like, and Rody's like, well, we, well, he stopped contacting us. He stopped contacting Rody and he stopped contacting Delta. So at this point, this has been like, you know, more than a day. And again, yeah. I'm we- I told, I told Delta, I'm like, I'm wearing yesterday's underwear today. And usually when that happens, and, it's by choice. And, yeah. and this and, one is and, not. And at this point, at this point, you're just basically, you're standing barefoot at a Delta terminal wearing nothing but yesterday's underwear and a silky smooth kimono. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so I tell, uh, and so I tell, uh, so anyway, I, I told Delta, I'm like, look, I want a police officer here. And what you know, you and I are on the same page. Uh, never talk to cops, right? I'm unless gonna, you, well, never talk to cops unless you call them. And so I needed one. So Corporal Brown comes shows up from the Tucson Airport Police. So, so like, I don't know if they're real police. He has a gun, right? So whatever. They, they, you know what? If, if if you have a good guy with a gun, you're one step closer to murdering the person who has your luggage. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that would have got my, I would have, yeah, the guy whose wife might be like in the hospital anyway. So he calls the number and he's like, hi, this is Corporal Brown. Um, you have one hour to reply back to this call or we will be citing you for theft. Um, we, and like, so 
I, I tell Delta, Delta's like, go buy clothes. We will reimburse you up to $300. So nice. I, sp- I spend $294, the, the finest now clothes man- Target can buy. Right? <laughs> now, now you're a man standing there in your underwear with a $300 suit jacket and a silk kimono. Wonderful. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I bought a signed LeBron jersey. Right? Like, <laughs> 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 or JJ Watt, right? He plays for Arizona Cardinals. But anyway, yeah. So, um, Anyway, I don't think you can get a LeBron signed jersey for 300 bucks anyway. But uh, I think think J.J. Watts is gettable, though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So anyway, um, T.J. Watts, definitely gettable. But um, (laughs) anyway, so I come back and the bag's still not there. And I'm like, this is wild. Um, But we're there for a vacation. At this point, this has already robbed me a day of the vacation. So I'm like, look, we're waiting for him to reply. Um let's go out and do some touristy shit that we were planning on doing. Right. So we do that. I have fun. My phone rings. It's uh, corporal Brown. And they're like, we have your bag. Oh no. She said, we have located your bag. And I said, that's not the same thing as we have your bag. <laughs> and they're like, no, um, we have it. The message that the law enforcement officer left the guy scared the fuck out of him. And he just stashed my bag at a random hotel. What? Yeah, he he drops it off at some random hotel in Tucson. I'm staying at an Airbnb, and the motherfucker had my address. Right? Like, yeah. like, so it. So at this point, I gotta ask: Did that woman have a seizure? Um, oh God! Right? I mean, I don't, I usually take people at face value, but it's suspicious, right? It's yeah, really weird. you know, it's 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 a very weird situation. Did she? Ha- I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, you know, I'm not there, you know, observing her. You also don't know the case. but <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a doctor and I don't know the facts. But yeah, I mean, right. I mean, of, of, of her, That's never uh, stopped anyway. me before. That's never stopped me before on this show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the, the cop goes and picks it up because they, they, they get the location from Rody. He told Rody, look, the bag's here. I don't want anything to do with this. The cop coast picks it up, brings it back to the airport. I go to the airport. I get the bag and they give me a shit ton of sky miles. And I said, look, can you just refund my baggage fee at least? <laughs> like, like um, <laughs> I was like, Delta never delivered this. Your service that you paid for never delivered this. I had to have a cop like go pick this up. This is ridiculous. And um, I told them uh, the kind of person who would just stash someone's property at a random hotel just might be with someone who lied about having a seizure. I'm, you know, yeah. I, I don't turn that out there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know their motivation. Very weird. Uh, but I, I, I could not talk to Rody. I did. I could not get anyone else on the phone after that. I wanted to give him an earful. I wanted to let them know that I was like, look, this guy had my bag and nothing was taken in it. What a weird situation. A, a perfect storm of fucking upness happened. Like Delta. Well, what, what, what blows me away? What blows me away here is like, I think the airline did the things they were supposed to do, but Rudy yes. did not do what it was supposed to do. No. Which is at, at, at what point do they, do they only have the one driver? That was what I said. I was like, <laughs> why don't you send another driver to go pick it up and complete the gig and charge Delta twice. They would pay for it. Right. You yeah. know, they just gave me $300 for new clothes. Surely, surely having somebody else go pick up your bag from point a to deliver it to point B is not going to be more expensive than giving you $300 worth of 
brand new Brooks Brothers suit jacket from the airport. Yeah, mall. No, it was it was more like like the the pants I got at Target, right? But anyway, <laughs> but you know, but they're actually not bad. Anyway, but yeah, so that's my story. That's my saga. Um, I offered up for discussion. I've never had anything like that happen in my life ever. And I will never use roadie guys. If you're and girls, if you're at an airport and they lose your bag and they say, Hey, we'll deliver it to you. Ask if it's them or a third party service. Uh, and if at least if it's roadie, you know, uh, just go back to the airport. If you're not that far, I stayed 20 minutes away from the airport. Like counterpoint. I, there's no, I could have just gone back. Unethical life tip. Always pay to check a second bag. So that way, if they lose it, you can have Rody deliver it and then maybe get $300 worth of free clothes from Target. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And then the only thing at risk there is the, is, you know, is I assume if you're the type of person that's going to engage in this, like you probably just checked an empty Coleman's cooler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, for me, I think the lesson is uh, put an Apple AirTag in, tra- in your checked baggage. Um, I will do that every time I do it now. I'm sorry you had to go through that, and I hope you never have to go through that again. I hope no but one speaking, has to go through that. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. But, but speaking of never having to go through things again, I have just 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 one more Groundhog's Day topic. <laughs> <laughs> and then one after that, and then one after that. <laughs> well, it's just going to be the same topic over and over again. Um, this was actually located on Instagram by uh, listener uh, Diana, who's been with us since pretty much the beginning, I think, yep. right? Yep, yep. Unfortunately, the actual forum that it's located in was truncated, but it's clearly coming from Reddit and it was posted by user Groundhog's Throwaway. (laughs) And the question is, am I the asshole for ruining the magic of Groundhog's Day for my boyfriend? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did this guy actually believe that like a groundhog was like detecting the winter? Well, I guess we'll get into it, but, you know, kind of. Uh, So apparently the asker, a 20 year old male, asked his boyfriend, Jacob, who's also a 20 year old male, if he wanted to watch Punxsutawney Phil on TV. And apparently Jacob responded, don't you think we're a little bit old for that? And the, the question asker was notably confused. Like, what do you mean? Too old for the Groundhog's Day thing? Because. Uh, the number one rated groundhog for weather prediction is a guy named Punxsutawney Phil, and he lives in Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania. <laughs> in Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, ironically enough, not even the sexiest named town in Pennsylvania. No, that's there are crazy ass names in Pennsylvania. King There's, of Prussia doesn't even break the top five. No, th- not even. Uh, intercourse. That's up there. Uh, Blue balls. Oh, yeah, yeah that's that up is there. my friend. That's up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bird in hand. I like that one. It's one of my favorite pencil. It, it, it's pretty, but, you know, a bird can also be your dick. Go birds. <laughs> <laughs> this is being recorded on Super Bowl Sunday. So basically this guy thought like his his response was. Essentially, don't you think we're a little bit old to believe in the groundhog? And, and not specifically the magic of Groundhog's Day, which if for those of you who are unfamiliar with the tradition, maybe you're living abroad in a country that doesn't observe rodent based weather predictions. <laughs> but Punxsutawney Phil or various other rodents spread across the Northeast emerge from their burrow. And if they see their shadow and run back inside of the burrow, then it's six more weeks of winter. Which in the age of global warming, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah, extremely scientific as you, you know, like forest forest fires are starting early this year. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, probably, though. Yeah. But yeah, so he's not concerned about the magic. He didn't believe that groundhogs were real. He thought it was like the jackalope or a snipe. 
or the or the female orgasm, something that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, I can assure you that the female orgasm exists. You just have never been in the same room with one, so I can understand I, why I you have did. been front and center for one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> just the one time. Yeah, yeah. And there's, fr- yeah. And there's no proof, but I swear, I swear, I know what I've seen. <laughs> oh man, oh man. Um, anyway, so this topic right here. Uh, All right. So the, the magic of Groundhog Day. Yeah. So specifically groundhogs themselves, you know, this this guy thinks it's like a unicorn or, or another mythological creature. And the question asker thought they were doing the right thing by educating them, but later on heard him crying. And the, and the question asker feels like he was a lot happier when he believed that groundhogs weren't real. So ultimate question here. Is this person the asshole? My first reaction is no, absolutely not. I don't. It's really fucking weird, man. Like, is it like I kind of question if this is like an actual thing or if he's just like having fun on the Internet? Yeah, well, some of the other people, some of the people in the comment section actually brought that up. They said this can't be real. There's no way there's any dude out there that does not believe that this is true or, or that does not believe in the existence of groundhogs. This is so obviously provable. There's a, a body of evidence to which the uh, poster goes back and says, this guy grew up in the Southwest where okay. these creatures don't exist. Did his, did his bag get fucking stolen too? He actually, he just actually, he was unavailable for comment because he was busy dropping a bag off at a random hotel or not. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and he thought that the Punxsutawney Phil in the movie Groundhog's Day was just movie magic, which, to be fair, in he a lot of scenes, was, it like is. Yeah. They didn't yeah. train an actual groundhog to like drive. <laughs> you know, that you know, it's funny about that movie. Now that I think about it, Bill Murray has this movie called Groundhog's Day where he experiences Groundhog's Day over and over again. However, that is also a major plot point in Caddyshack is him dealing with a groundhog. That's so right. Is Groundhog, shit. Is Groundhog's Day actually Bill Murray making the same movie over and over again in which he's fighting against a uh, groundhog? Is there a greater Bill Murray groundhog cinematic universe that we, that, that, that we are just hitting the tip of the iceberg on? I would watch like infinite Bill Murray groundhog movies. Like the, the, I would watch. I would watch Caddyshack and Groundhog's Day are bangers, dude. They're good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. Well, that's settled then. Uh, let's let's get on the phone with Seth. So wait, do you think he's an asshole? This guy, the, 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 the Bill Murray, the no. magic. No, not Bill Murray, but the 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 <laughs> ma- the, <laughs> the, the, the magic. The the person who ruined the quote magic of the. No, holiday. I think I I think to take the position that this person is an asshole for ruining the magic of the holiday by presenting basic facts would be an affront and a uh, would be an affront to this podcast and. Uh, an act yeah. of absolute hypocrisy on my own part, because uh, I, you and I actually founded this show with the intention of destroying of the ruining, magic, of ruining <laughs> the magic of the Internet. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and just blanket declare you're not the asshole if you're just providing basic facts. Yeah. Um, or if you have a podcast. Now, about <laughs> right. Right. And and if you do cause harm by providing basic facts it's it's perfectly you're only the asshole if you don't condole the per, if, if you don't offer your condolences and support this person in their time of need you have completely shattered their worldview groundhog's day will never be the same for them 
Which is good because I mean that's the top problem with Groundhog yeah, Day. Stupid, yeah. <laughs> is that it's just over and over and over again. So maybe it's okay that you broke the cycle. <laughs> I mean, so if this guy was a child, he'd be an asshole, I guess, for dating a child. I mean, like, but like if you're breaking, oh, they're the, both twenty. If, they're both twenty. If, they're basically okay, like, children. If you're, yeah, if you're breaking the news of the, of to a kid who thinks like that, then I think that you could be an asshole. But like that's maybe the only circumstance I would say. I don't even think that because it's how not, old is a kid? It's right? not, yeah. It, well, I, I I just don't think it's a widely held enough belief. It's not like Santa, yeah. It's not like Santa or the Easter Bunny or trickle down economics, where there's so <laughs> many people who believe it that there's a, it's sort of a critical mass that they're missing out on a uh, you know a part of culture or clean by cold. taking it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you get the idea. All these other things that don't fucking exist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so I don't think there's any real harm in that. Uh, just because I, I don't think it's a widely held enough belief where they are losing the magic because nobody else was experiencing that magic in the same way. And there's no way that they could have known that this would somehow disrupt their their existence. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, it's shattered. Who gives a fuck? So thank you, Diana, for this topic. Absolutely fantastic. And and a wonderful way to wrap up what has been a three episode groundhog season here at don't wreck yourself. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, speaking of officials barreling down on wildlife, uh, we have a topic here, uh, as you say, from Diana. And the first thing, let me say is that that this is a a tweet screenshot of a tweet uh, from a one Paul Saldra. I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but Paul and I went to college together. And I, uh, I, holy shit, I did not know that. I sat next to him during graduation and there was like a selfie uh, on Facebook of us just like hanging out together. He's a great guy. We're, we're friends. We haven't, we haven't spoken in a while, but you know, he's, he's over in California. So, but, but he has just blown up. He's got a blue check mark. Are you even in his league at this no, point? No, no, I mean, no, no, not at all. But he's got a, uh, you know, he's, you know, he has started the Duffel blog. He was uh, editor in chief of Task and Purpose uh, recently. So he's really, yeah. I mean, he came up for the idea of the Duffel blog, like in class that we were in, like together. So it's kind of cool that he has reached yeah. such notoriety. Getting to this uh, topic here. It's a screenshot from USA Jobs, which if you don't know, it is the portal if uh, people want to be employed by the federal government. Every if you want to throw your resume down a black hole <laughs> and never get a job, go to usajobs.gov. If you want to work with the Defense Department or Department of Veterans Affairs, the Interior, or anything, Department of Interior, you have to go through this. And this is a job listing. Uh, the job title here is Grizzly Bear Conflict Manager, and it is through the U.S. Fish and <laughs> Wildlife Service. And Paul says in this tweet, he in this tweet, sure, I ha- <clears throat> sure I have a few questions. Just wondering, what happened to the last person in this role? <laughs> I, I have to, I have to hope. Oh my god! Well, I, I guess first first question is, I mean, Paul asks a perfectly reasonable question. An first question, question though is, yeah, yeah, is is this job a real job that is being hired for by the U.S. Wish and uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service? I almost said U.S. Wish and Wildlife Service, which <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I wish you, the U.S. Wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is an actual real job. Um, this is a job posting that was from March of 2022. Um, but I looked into it and the. Salary range for this job is uh, just under eighty thousand uh, dollars, seventy nine and change to one hundred and three thousand dollars per year, and you must be 
willing to relocate or live in 100 miles of a few towns in Montana. Okay. Well, I can tell you that I do not mind rural living. Yeah. That's why you live out in the middle of nowhere. The grizzly bear conflicts, are they are they interceding between grizzly bears who are having a conflict or is it between are they mediating between human beings having conflicts with grizzly bears is the second one They They are the ones in charge of like getting in a room with lawyers and hashing it out. Right? <laughs> 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 no, so like I, I want to get a little bit into this description here. Uh, so I'm first of all, it says um the incumbent may be subject to large numbers of biting insects and may be required to work in close proximity to large animals, such as bear and moose. It doesn't say bears oh. and moose. It says bear and moose. So that is like, it sounds like Bullwinkle, like the villains, like we, we come from bear and moose. <laughs> <laughs> we travel to American wilderness to find better moose. So let's, let's get into this. Why is there so much con- conflict in the grizzly world? <laughs> that it needs a manager that works for the federal government here. Um, uh, probably something to do with it being like a 1400 pound apex predator tromping through what I can only assume to be the set of Yellowstone TV show on Paramount Plus that I have never watched. I've never watched either, but it's very popular. People like it. Kevin Costner's in it, I think, People seem to be really into it. Is is Kevin Costner, I think, I thought he was in the prequel. Mm, Okay, I wasn't sure. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. There's now two prequels. There's 1929, which has Harrison Ford in it. Oh, wow. And then there's uh, like 1889, which I think is the Kevin Costner series. Maybe. Okay. I Again, gotcha. I have not watched any of them. Yeah. It's just a um, real authority figure we have over here. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, why is there, again, why is there so much conflict in the grizzly world? Bears do fight with each other, but mainly when they compete for a mate. Right. Um, right. They're a pretty solitary species. Grizzly bears. Um, the need for a third party arbitrator is probably pretty low. Instead, grizzly bear conflict is, you know, scuttles or scuffs between bears and property or humans, right? It is the, the two of the worlds colliding here. Um, a recently retired conflict specialist, Tim Manley, love the fucking name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He is in the right field, right? I mean, you would have to be, I guess. That that or a gay porn star, the only other, you know, uh, things here. So he says, quote, killing bears is the worst part of my job. Uh, So don't go into this if if you love of bears, right? Yeah. So killing bears is the worst part of his job, but the hardest part is actually getting the neck to snap. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I assume he's doing this with his bare hands. Yeah. Well, you have the right to bear arms. So absolutely. Yeah, right. uh, so Manley, uh, who worked in Northwest uh, Montana, uh, he managed Grizzlies for 30 years. Um, oh, wow. And 2021 was one of his busiest years. And uh, what's, his, he, what's his professional bear handling record? Like how many KOs, how many TKOs, how many losses? You know, he, yeah, right. You know, he, he wouldn't say, right. Um, he did say that human bear conflict is on the rise, including bear attacks. So that's why there's a need for a conflict manager. And um, okay. as, as, bear, as bear populations continue to increase, interactions between bears and humans are going to get only more common, right? Uh, grizzly bears are a threatened species. They are not quite endangered, uh, but they are protected. This means that harming or killing them is illegal. So, Manly, you're just admitted to a fucking felony on the record. I don't know what the hell you're doing. 
Well, do you think he has like a double o, like a double O license for bears? Well, the the, it, the killing is illegal except in cases of self defense. So maybe he's like, I got attacked by a fucking bear and he won. <laughs> Which in that case, you are man, you're really living up to your name there, you know. Um, uh, Montana Governor Greg Gianforte uh, is considering lifting the ban on hunting bears because, of course, right? Uh, they're delicious. There is not. There is not a animal that conservatives don't want to fucking kill. See the, all the people who go to sub-Saharan Africa to kill exotic, majestic animals like, you know, beavers and shit. Um, well, the, 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 the rules are a lot less pussy ass over there is what I hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah the reg- <laughs> regulation. It's, it's like a, it's like a conservative's dream with a lack of regulation out there. Yeah. Um, so it's considering lifting the ban because there's been an uptick in conflict, right? Um, uh, the um, now you gotta go out there and show those fucking bears what for? Yeah, you know, fuck them bears. You know, um, <laughs> the <laughs> the uh, job ad notes that the bears belong to a quote highly controversial species, maybe like doing cocaine. Um, yeah. They're like the pit bull of bears. Yeah, nobody yeah. like like pandas get off. Like n- nobody's mad about pandas. Everyone's just like, don't kill a panda. Yeah, yeah. Have you, ever, have you heard of a panda conflict resolution manager? I have not. And for good reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a highly controversial species. I'm not sure what that is. Um, this suggests candidates should have a balanced perspective, which means that they support conservatives. I, 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 yeah, I take that to account. They, they want to conserve and murder bears at the same time. They have a very balanced, <laughs> the yin and yang, right. Of the Montana wilderness. <laughs> Um, bear, biologists do credit a combination of habitat improvement and careful management as being why there's been more relations. Um, uh, but states across the, this is not just in Montana, uh, yeah. state states like in Arkansas and Missouri, um, they're expanding hunting seasons and, um, the first modern black bear hunting season in Missouri started recently. So there, I think that goes to show that this is a needed job. It is funny. Uh, I don't know what qualifies you to be a grizzly bear conflict manager, um, but I'd love to find out. I, you know what? The, the grizzly bear conflict manager's first, like first job is to find out who's been running that fattest bear competition and shut that shit down. <laughs> That's in Alaska. That is not letting anybody, that is not doing anybody any favors as far as getting off on the right foot with these bears. You show up and you're like, hey, who's the fattest motherfucker in the room? Yeah, you're fat, be on my Instagram? Imme- you're fat shaming bears immediately. Um, yeah, the, that's right. The fat, fat bear week. I think I think we're coming up on it. It's, I think it's in a month or two. Oh, good. So everybody mark it, put it on your calendars. Yeah, yeah. Put it on your calendars. Fat bear week's coming up. Yeah, in Alaska is where they do it. It's at um, some national park up there. I'm not sure. But so that's what that's what I have to say. It is really funny. Um, sounds like kind of a cool job if you're into the wilderness and, you know, murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which who like is you it these days? Like, if you want to just, you know, track down one of nature's most beautiful and, you know, admittedly dangerous creations. Yeah, they're the razor blades on their hands. Yeah. And then and then murder the fuck out of it. This could be the job for you. And, yeah. and you could tell your parents that you're doing something good for the good for the environment. Not not good for the country, but you're doing good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be kind of a rough transition here. But speaking of the right to bear roads, uh, <laughs> uh, listener Nathan actually posted a meme. He didn't send it to us, but he posted it, and I follow him. So hey, Nathan, if you're listening, you should send this shit to us. Uh, so this is from the uh, this is posted in the Star Tribune, which is a Minneapolis newspaper, and. There was 
they're reporting on the results of the name a snowplow class of 2023. <laughs> and they've got eight wonderful pun names here. Uh, there's uh, do you want to just take turns reading them? I'll start us off. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. You're a blizzard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have Blizzo. Like, like the, like the musical artist, like Lizzo. There, yep. Yeah. There's Cleopatra. That's a, that's a good one. Um, there's yes. better, better call salt. Bravo. I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, there's Hans Snolo. I can't quite see this now. Uh, Blader tot hot dish. Blader tot hot dish. I don't think I understand I, that one. I, I think tater tot hot dish might be like a local a regional thing quiz, and, like delicacy. Okay. Like yeah. it sounds like the sort of come to Franny's diner and eat her fam- world famous tater tot hot dish. You know, and, and it's is, just it's just tater tots with gravy and hot sauce. What is a regional cuisine in uh, Minnesota? Is something called a juicy Lucy? Have you heard of this? Uh, I've seen the video on Pornhub, but no, I've not <laughs> heard of the food. <laughs> I, yeah, I follow her on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> It's a burger that the patty is stuffed with cheese. And so when you bite into it, it's like a, it's like a cum shot of cheese in your mouth. Oh, that's sounds like the most Wisconsin thing ever. It's well, this is Minnesota, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. border. Uh, yeah, there's scoop. Yeah. There it is. That's good. And then, then there is a Sleetwood Mac. <laughs> um, and I just want to, I, I just want to throw this name out there. This is, this is for the true don't wreck yourself fans. Uh, but I just want to call one of these snowplows Matt's dick, because as we all know, Matt's dick is AKA Snowpiercer. That's right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know, call no, 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 SEAL Team like, Six on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but here's some other names I thought of. Uh Beverly Cleary. Oh, that's like good. the children's book author. Yeah, that's good. Uh I'm gonna start off. I'm gonna go from like uh my weakest to my strongest here of names. Okay. So uh I've started off with blowjob. Okay. I mean, that's right. Good enough. Yeah. Uh there's uh Scoopy Doo in the gang. I like that one. Uh, I got foot drizzle. I like it. Uh, Elizabeth Snowbank, star of Cocaine Bear, oh, uh, yeah. aka episode five of our show. Yep, which uh, was heavily I mean, advertised during the national championships. Yep, and um, I mean it's coming out now. The, the movie, I'm definitely going to see it. It is not true to the story, and if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode five. It's a it's a classic. It's a banger. Uh, see, I got ice crystal meth. <laughs> I've got Paris Chilton. Oh, that's good. I've got freeze Brittany. <laughs> i've got flurry up and wait oh and m- my last one here is you can sleep me <laughs> you know at the risk of doing yet another groundhog's day topic let's let's go back to national security for a minute because over the last couple weeks there has the country has been kind of losing its mind over this chinese uh quote-unquote weather monitoring balloon that traveled over the continental United States and was shot down just outside Myrtle Beach. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> so, yeah, so the, the, the first balloon was spotted about a week and a half ago, and then they found uh, they saw another balloon in Latin America traveling around the same time. Yeah, that also seemed to be deployed by the Chinese. Uh, but I, I don't want to say the Chinese, Which, I want to say the, the Chinese Chinese party, but the CCP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this was this kind of blew up. It, it captured America's attention because of the, you know, the normal partisan bullshit. Uh, basically, <laughs> Republicans, 
Republicans accuse Biden of being soft on China and even softer on balloons. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, they criticized him for not shooting it down immediately and letting it travel over our country and presumably collect all of our secrets. So they first the one in the United States, they first spotted it in Montana. And if they would have shot it down, how many bears would they would have you know, any grizzlies would they would have gotten? The conflict manager would have, yeah. you know, had, had, a, had a field day. Now, now, now he's trying to mitigate between the bears and the Chinese government. It's a whole mess. I get why they waited till it was off the coast. Yeah. Um, but more seriously, uh, this this Republicans criticism that Joe Biden is weak on balloons uh, completely <laughs> overlooks the fact that the Chinese government was launching these balloons over America during the Trump administration. Now, whether or not they detected them in real time isn't really clear from the reporting. So it's possible right. that they learned about it through other means because there are more than one ways. To, there, there is more than one way to gather intelligence. So they might have heard about it from, say, a human source or a SIGINT source. Um, or, or just some other, looking up or, at the fucking sky. <laughs> or, or, or just, you know, like spotting it. <laughs> um, so the, the Trump administration definitely experienced these Chinese balloons. Um, MAGA supporters often, you know, pretend that current issues, especially foreign affairs issues, would not be a problem if Donald Trump was still president. But it's mostly because they ignored foreign affairs problems while Donald Trump was president because he was he was way more eager to, you know, pretend to play hardball while also secretly expressing uh, a, a grotesque amount of admiration for totalitarian governments. Yeah. American first. America first. Yeah. Biden. Uh, so the Biden administration waited until it was uh, until it crossed the entirety of the continental United States and then shot it down off the coast of South Carolina. So I guess the question is, why not shoot it down sooner? I mean, what senior military leaders have told members of Congress is that they were concerned with shooting it down over population centers on the land. Right. Um, I think yeah. there there was a brief window when they could have done it when it was going across uh, Missouri. Uh, they, they wanted this land in water. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, I am not going to fault the U.S. military for having discretion about shooting a $400,000 missile over U S airspace. When yeah. is the last time that has happened? When's the last time a pilot shot down anything in, in U S airspace? Like a military uh, pilot twi twice in the last week. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so the Chinese claim that this was a weather, uh, weather monitoring balloon, which actually ties to the reason why the government didn't shoot it down over land. Because like you said, it was a, this was a like a 2000 pound payload on there. Yeah. They described this thing as being the size of two buses. Three. Three. I'm sorry. I I, I, I grossly underestimated the bus comparisons. Well, yeah, it's so two buses in China, but the exchange rate is three in the United States. So. OK, <laughs> so that's part of the reason why they didn't want to shoot it. Uh, they didn't want to shoot it down because they didn't want it to land on anybody or any grizzly bears. And then they'd have to send out one of their conflict management representatives to explain to the grizzly bears family why why their brother died. As a result of a U.S. <laughs> United States military action, Tim Manley earned his paycheck that week. <laughs> yeah. The other reason to have it land over water is like if it lands on the land, it makes it a lot more difficult to recover the information that was being collected by this spying device. If it lands in the water, yeah, it gets waterlogged, but you can dry it out and potentially pull the information off. You're just a lot more likely to be able to recover the surveillance equipment shooting it down over water than shooting it down over land. Yeah. You just have to put it in a lot of rice that you import from China. So actually yes. you're coming out on top of this. Yeah. Um, no, well, actually yeah. you, there's a lot of uh, time out. There are a lot of heirloom grain rices that are being explored by artisanal uh, farm to table farmers in 
all around America right now. So yeah. I don't want you to besmirch them, their opportunity to dry out Chinese spy satellites. Uh, I had some of those heirloom grains in Tucson. It was an ancient grain. Tucson is the only city in North America that is listed as a UNESCO heritage site for gastronomy. And I had oh, some, wow. yeah, I had some bread there that was from a baker who has a James Beard award. Um, and it is phenomenal. Anyone that go there, go to, go to Barrio bread and get the heritage bread with that grain. It's phenomenal. Anyway, go ahead. I'm, I'm into it. You know, then the other the other criticism is like, well, why don't you just snatch it out of the air? Well, these like that balloons carrying a some like I said, something like a 2000 pound payload. Um, we do not have an aircraft that's big enough to safely capture it in, in an air to air. Like we don't have like a giant net that we can throw over this balloon to drag it down. We need You're an really even your bigger only balloon. <laughs> yeah, we need an even bigger balloon. <laughs> the balloon missile uh, crisis. Yeah. Yeah, there was there. So there's really no way to capture this thing midair, which means the only way to get to this device is to shoot it down. And the safest place and the easiest to recover is over the water. Yeah, um, the, the safest place to do it is over Myrtle Beach, where everyone's drunk anyway, and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. So, you know, but this isn't the only thing to get deflated at Myrtle Beach and wind up in Florida. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Chinese said it was a weather uh, weather monitoring balloon. So far, evidence and, and initial statements from the U.S. government seem to indicate that it was probably a signals intelligence collection device with some sort of uh, uh, optical payload on there. Yeah. And we think they were trying to look at our strategic assets out west, which basically means our nuclear missile silos, because that's where they all are. That's where many of them are. I'd like to put this into context. You know, the United States is kind of freaked out because it made the news. That's that's really the only reason why anything gets blown up these days is because it makes the news. Um, Yeah. The the U.S. government, the secretary of state, Anthony Blinken, did cancel his uh, his scheduled trip to Beijing just because he could not be meeting with Chinese officials while there was a balloon from the Chinese government floating over the United States without having any more information. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, but it's also worth noting that we spy on the Chinese also. Yeah. Uh, in fact, during the George Bush administration, we, uh, one of our spy planes actually ran into a Chinese fighter jet. I remember you that they they were playing the, Hey, get out of our airspace. And the U.S. was like, we're not actually technically in your airspace. And then somebody fucked up and bumped a jet. And then the plane went down and we had to basically beg the Chinese government for our pilots, back, for, our, for our air crew back. Yeah, I can't and, believe this survived the crash. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like this is actually small potatoes compared to that, if you think about it. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. We our aircraft hit their aircraft midair and jeopardized the lives of one of their pilots while we were conducting an active espionage against them. Um, so but we were, I guess we the were, question to be to be completely fair, we were operating in what we call international airspace, what they call sovereign Chinese airspace. So there's just a little bit of a tension as yep. it happens within the South China Sea. This is when being a Japanese news reporter really <laughs> comes in handy for this kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, um, exactly. I think you bring up a great point that we, this is espionage in the 21st and 13th century, apparently with a fucking balloon. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we had a $180 million jet with a $400,000 missile shoot down a Napoleon era surveillance operation. Right. So who's really, he's really coming out on top here. Um, but this has opened up the whole floodgate of balloons now. Cause we shot down one yesterday uh, over, or, or over, Alaska. over Canada. Can't well. We shot down one over Alaska. We shot down another one over over Canada because fuck them Canadians. We won't do it over Montana, but Canada's you know, uh, fair play. Uh, time out. Um, 
sexy underwear supermodel and prime minister Justin Trudeau did give us permission to shoot down that uh, to shoot down that balloon over the Yukon. I mean, if Justin Trudeau gave me uh, permission to send in a hot missile, I'm not going to waste time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's I, I mean, I, th- I think it's you bring up the partisan thing. I think it's funny because there is you know, there, people are acting like they're fucking Chinese troops at, 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 on, at Portland ready to invade. Right. It's just like yeah. th- this happens. Fox News. Yeah. Fox News was postulating that it could be a bioweapon on the balloon. What a fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. 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 They, they, they knew that it wasn't because the United States government said, Hey, this balloon is out there. We know it's out there. They let the public know. And then the public lost its goddamn mind because Fox news is really just not afraid to report anything in a biased fashion. Well, people are saying, people are saying that there is a nuclear device on there, right? Yeah. It's crazy. That's what they, it's what they do. But let's say you don't have access to an incredibly large balloon to carry your audio surveillance equipment around and you're and you're trying to gather the most useful possible audience. Well, you can just do what we did and that and and look for the music of Rick Reynolds on iTunes, Amazon and Spotify. Yeah, you can also find him on YouTube and on Instagram at Rick Reynolds. Uh, Matt, would you like to tell folks where they can find you? Oh, yeah, you can find me high as fuck when I'm when I. <laughs> <laughs> on my couch at home most days. No, yeah, I mean, um, I'm on Twitter ostensibly at Matt B. Saint Sing. I'm on Instagram at Matt St. Cool. I'm also Matt St. Cool on TikTok. But if you don't want to follow me, I'm not going to take it personally. I don't really do a whole lot there. I'm really selling it here, aren't I? I'm, I'm not really the person to ask. I already follow you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you can... You can find me individually at Foodicide, F-O-O-D-I-C-I-D-E. And you can find the podcast on all major social media platforms at WreckYourPod. You can contact us on Gmail, WreckYourPod at gmail.com to send us your questions, comments, concerns, uh, Matt St. Sing fan mail. Or if you want to reach out to any of our other hosts, I'm more than happy to pass messages along to them. If you also want to send Ryan a cover letter for the Grizzly a conflict manager job. I think he'd love to read it. I know I would. Yeah, send us. Yeah, send us your cover letters for for Grizzly Conflict Manager. Uh, I actually have credentials. I, I wrote a uh, an essay in a book called One Hundred One Things Every Man Should Know How to Do, called How to Fight oh. a Bear. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've already got fifty percent of the negotiate slash decimate uh, work portfolio taken care of. Like I am eminently qualified, and I've got the publications to prove it. <laughs> you can also find us on the podcast nexus discord server uh you'll find a link for that in the show notes uh i am also going to be launching an individual discord for the podcast uh just because this is this is where this is where i'm going to air my dirty laundry uh podcast nexus has been cracking down on clown pictures uh they are censoring clown pictures and as a person who puts on grease paint every day before facing the world i have a real issue with that I also have an issue to it because in elementary school, we had a circus and I was a clown during the circus. So yeah, this is clearly discriminating against clowns, Uh, but neither here nor there. You will continue to find us on the podcast Nexus Discord server. Again, link in the show notes and you'll be able to find us on our uh, individual uh, Discord server soon enough. And if anybody's interested in any of my other creative endeavors, a film that I was a writer on Malibu Road is available on Amazon Prime, Apple, Tubi. Uh, Tubi is free. Uh, you just have some ads mixed in. I recommend getting the premium experience from one of the pay to play people. And I'm, you can search for Malibu Road on any of those platforms. You'll find it. And presumably by, uh, by finding it and viewing it, you'll be getting my name out there. 
and possibly paving the way for me to have a successful and lucrative Hollywood career that I can go on strike from. Uh, and in between now and next week, you're wondering if you have what it takes to negotiate conflicts between grizzly bears and you don't have time to wait for our next episode. We encourage you to check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. Please.